I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job, and now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method, and they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. Hello and welcome. I'm here today with Suze Carpenter. She is an approachable, sincere, fun-loving, and passionate leader who loves to see personal improvement and transformation in those she teaches. Through her successful 12-year nutrition career, Sue saw a gap in the industry and trend in society. Women in their 40s are confused and overwhelmed when it comes to actually losing weight and keeping it off. She created a virtual nutrition education company called Carpenter 180, whose mission is to provide programs that clear up food confusion so that women can win at losing weight. Welcome to today's episode, Suze. Happy to have you. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, the feeling is mutual. I was just saying before we pressed record that you are a ball of joy to talk to and to engage with. So I'm really excited to share your energy with the listeners. And if they don't already know you, um, get to know your background and your personality more and um, and your journey. That's really mm-hmm. inspiring. So anything from that bio you think that we uh, need to add or you think that was pretty robust and, and um, that cover the, the basis pretty much. I think it did set a good foundation. Yes. Wonderful. Yes. So then let's get right to it. Um, can you chat a little bit about um, what led you? I know you've had a 12-year nutrition career. In that 12 years, have you always had your own business and what motivated you to get started and then kind of take your business to the next level um, for where mm-hmm. you're at today? That's a good question. Okay. So it really all started with, I had a secret that I never planned to tell a soul. Like I never planned to tell my husband and it was my greatest shame until somebody said to me years ago, you say you would die for your kids, but would you change for them? And I have four kids. I have a boy and a girl and then I have twin boy and girl. And that question pierced me right through the forehead. And I thought, if I don't go get help with my eating disorder, and I was bulimic from, I was a bulimic since mm, junior high age through my thirties. Um, if I don't do this, my girls are going to grow up and they're going to have the same mean girl talking to them in the mirror that I do. They're going to have a fractured, fearful relationship with food like I do. And I couldn't stand that for them. And that, that thing right there is what gave me just enough brave to go get help finally, where I could never have spoken about it before. So this is my life's motto has always been decide what it is you need most in the world and then go do that. So out of me working in the field to heal my eating disorder, all of a sudden this foundation emerged that I could lean on and trust with food. And I needed that first layer of foundation to trust in order to begin to get better. And then I thought, hold on, if this is stuff we would have been taught when we were in high school, 
this could have cleared up a whole lot of my issues. So then what started out as me getting well for my daughters became this love letter to give back to the world, a basically going back and filling in what you should have been taught about food in high school, but weren't so that we can end some of the suffering because people just don't understand. So then what happened is I created this business uh, like on a hobby because I would see my friends buying powders and pills. And I'm like, guys, magic diet pills don't exist. And if they did, I would have already found them and told you about it. We've got to figure out the kitchen part. But they were so overwhelmed. They were so confused. They kept wanting to go with pills and powders. And I kept saying, let's get the groceries right. So this hobby of mine didn't pay me very well and took up a whole lot of my time. So then it was out of like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and hoping for a different result. Then I started looking for, okay, clearly I've hit the ceiling of what I'm able to do on my own. I need to go next level. And that's when I started like fangirling all over dietitian boss. Love it. Love it. So thank you for the background and the vulnerability. That was beautiful. Has it been challenging for you to share those intimate moments of your past and you're so clear with your why, you know, wanting to give back and role model, not only for your daughters and your children, but also that love letter that you said for society. And that's really well thought out and very meaningful. So I guess my question is what got you to be so clear? And then has it been challenging for you to be so, to have such an intimate conversation with strangers? Because I mean, I think that's the most important part about connecting but it's also very challenging for most people that you seem to have had broken through. How, what helped you be so vulnerable? Like I'm feeling some Brittany Brown vibes over here. Right. Well, okay. So like I said, that was my scariest secret. I was never going to talk about that. And I do Libby. I remember the first time I spoke it out loud to a counselor, I remember the sweat coming up my neck and like I was dripping with sweat because I thought I was going to lose friends and relationships. And I thought people were going to be like, you are a liar. And so this is what happened. I wrote this whole story in my brain about what people were going to respond to me like, and it was mean and it was horrible. And the truth is when I told my husband, he was like, darling, I'm so sorry that I didn't know. And then it became like my truth. And you know, when with little kids, you turn the light on in the middle of the night when they have a nightmare and you look under the bed and you're like, no monsters, they're not there. They're not real. The more I spoke about it, the more I saw women who they didn't have an eating disorder, but they had disordered eating and they were frustrated and their pants were really, really tight. And it's not about jean size or vanity, but they wake up every day and get dressed and feel like an underdog and they feel stress and pressure and it's holding them back from being the best version of themselves. So when I realize I am for people, I have nothing to prove, but I have something to give. If I can remember that my intent by sharing my pain is just my truth. And it's my way of saying, this is what I worked through. You can trust me. You can have change like I have, just we need to get going. And something about that vulnerability lets them see that they're, they don't need to be embarrassed or they don't need to be um, feeling like they can't connect with me because there's like this me too part to it. So in the beginning, yes, very hard to share. But after a while, it's just the truth and giving the truth feels kind of good in the right settings. Beautiful. Really beautiful. And so I want to go from vulnerability and truth to alignment. So when you wake up 
and help people through social media, which we'll get to in a little bit, um, meaning just your audience, not always people that are your clients and then your clients and your, and your program. Mm -hmm. How does it feel to be this aligned and, and vulnerable? Does it feel good? Is it something that uh, you feel is your calling? Does, does it feel connecting? Um, how, do you, how would you describe that? Knowing that you've done the work, you've done the really hard work to, to connect with your higher purpose of giving back and, and telling women in society that um, your secret is, is normalized, right? And that a lot of people mm-hmm. experience that. Mm-hmm. That actually is what feels the most normal. It feels the most honest. Um, being authentic's always been a pretty big deal for me. I'm a. I know that I'm an Enneagram three, which is the achiever, and um, I can show up to any party and melt in and have a great time. Doesn't matter what it is. That's my nature. And so being authentic, you don't always know really who you are. So me getting really down to what am I about and what fills my cup and what do I know uh, makes me feel warm and fulfilled at the end of the day, it is doing this. I can't imagine doing something else, serving other women and helping them to find food peace and push past that feeling like they're out of control with food, rather they're in control around food, that maybe, I mean, that just is like gold stickers getting stuck to me all day long when I get those, that feedback from people. And so showing up on social media and doing this is like, guys, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. It doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter about what you have in your house or don't have. If you don't have your health, we've got a problem. And your 80-year-old self is crying right now, asking you to do something now so that you live a long, healthy lifestyle. So showing up and encouraging others and like being a role model, like this is what it looks like to be 48 and happily married and loving on your kids and living a brutal, beautiful life. This is what it looks like making choices and doing it. And being a role model feels good. And it feels good for my kids to see their mom showing up in life that way. So incredible. I, I love hearing you, you speak about it. And I love your energy. It's so contagious. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. I can tell in talking to you that you've done the work, you've thought about it. And I have no doubt that you know, your clients, their lives are transformed by the work that you do. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, where you started out versus where you are now with your, both your niche, meaning your focus of helping women in their 40s, and also kind of your progression with your offer, right? So the, your marketing and then how you've been able to transition, whether it's price point or um, fine tuning your, um, your offering, your program, your, your coaching to your clients, Can you share a little bit about that journey um, on any level? Sure. Okay. So real quick, when I started, before I started working even with Dietitian Boss, I would do my best to remind myself that I'm always talking to Jessica because Jessica was my ideal client and I know her really well. She actually is a real life person, but she's a compilation of a lot of things. And I always tried to talk to her, but here's the thing. I was talking to her about everything (laughs) and I wasn't, I'm such like a, I want people to feel good. I don't want to talk to them about their pain so much. I want to talk to them about their, the feeling good part. So 
I, for a long time in my offer, I thought talking about protein, fat, and fiber was sexy because that changed my life. And I'm like, let me give you guys the details where Jessica was more like, and I didn't know this. She's like, but I want you to know that when I sit down on my bed at the end of the day, if I still have the same jeans on at eight o'clock that I had on at eight o'clock in the morning, I am miserable and I would never do that. And so when I started and I did my market research, I, I had built the company for one-on-one and then I built an email funnel, like um, a low entry offer. And I was talking about everything. Like I was, I was like, Jessica, I have this for you and this for you. And I have this and I have, I have this, which one do you want? And she was like, Suzanne, that's too much. So, but I didn't know that. And I couldn't hear that because I was doing the best that I could with what I had. So then all of a sudden, like out of the sideways, when I started following y'all, the dietitian boss, the small group idea came out. So I did a pilot and I was really nervous about it. And I did my offer really low after the free group because I wasn't really sure that I could stand on it. And they loved it and they loved it and they loved it. So then what I realized is I... I needed direction. So then that's where insert joining dietitian boss, I got really clear on how to talk to Jessica about what things and I don't infer well. So like I needed the handholding of this particular program to take me to the next level. Like, come on, we're walking down the street together. And I needed the little back and forth of, well, you're almost there, but you're not quite. And I needed the encouragement and the community to help shape the message. And what's so fun is I've tripled my prices for small group coaching. I've gotten really clear about what I'm talking to Jessica about right now. And you've helped me even Libby, like with my brain is starting to think, yeah, I'm going to do that quarter three, or I'm going to push that one off and do that quarter four, because this is the thing. I have the confidence now that I'm not building a hobby. I'm building a business and businesses are meant to be built they're not luck. They're, they're just effort and work. And I knew that I had the grit. I just needed the teacher to show me what I didn't know. And now I know I have time on my side. And I know that the clients are going to come because they're telling me now, oh, your social media is speaking to me. You said this, you said this. They're like telling me back stuff I said. I didn't know I had tweetable stuff. And apparently I do. But that was, that was kind of like the evolution of my business going from hobby to business. Beautiful. Well said. And uh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, really clear. So let's talk. Let's zoom in a little bit about the social media piece because mm-hmm. gold, like the gold standard of success, is to have people say, "Wow, are you talking to me?" And I know that people are saying that to you, meaning that your content is resonating. Um, do you think that it was, you know, protein, fat, and fiber beforehand, which are important, but possibly not the biggest pain your ideal client Jessica experienced, as you explained, the gene situation and identifying and honing in on what her biggest problem is, and then translating that to your marketing via market research is what's able to help you connect on a deeper level, if I'm extrapolating that correctly. So my next question is, can you talk a little bit about maybe some examples of the process? Um, you have a, a very... Um, extroverted personality. So I believe if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, you've always shown your face, but have you now started to show your face in a way that's more clear? You've always posted content, but is your content more concentrated on what her biggest concerns are that you're hearing her state? And that's why there's been a change in the marketing and in the conversations on social. Can you explain some um, examples or uh, about that specifically? 
Yeah, sure. So let's start out with first off, my company's called Carpenter 180. Well, okay, for anybody that just heard me say that, go try and find it. Like it's hard to find. So then when I realized I'm talking to women who are trying to lose weight in their 40s, I changed my handle to weight loss over 40. So right away, they know I'm talking to them. And then instead of just seeing pretty pictures of me, like, and then I'm hoping they're going to read the caption. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing on Instagram. Instead, I'm trying to like follow the give, 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 ask model and then give them like, here's a little bit of encouragement. Here's something I know you're struggling with this, but if you try this, you can have that. Or they seem to like not just the protein, fat and fiber. That's the sizzle. That's the hook. That's the like, what is she doing this a little bit different? I've never really heard anybody talk about that fiber stuff, but then then they get to know me and they're like, oh, you hear me. You understand what I'm struggling with, that I started again today on Monday and I did it last Monday and I did it the Monday before. And you heard me that I did it again at the ball field all weekend long. And then I overrate all the popcorn and stuff and I lost my mind and then I feel bad. And it's that part, I think, that they know that I know how they're feeling and I'm starting to use words in my social media tiles to convey that to them, they're feeling like a sense of like, I like this chick and she knows her stuff and she already knows what I'm struggling with. I think I need to know more. So they get, they feel you get them and you do. Mm -hmm. What do you think specifically helped you with that? Was it market research talking to them? Like what was that tipping point where you transitioned the content and you went deeper to give them what they want? And then they say to you, oh gosh, you created that content for me. Like you already mentioned switching the handle. Was there some story or pivotal moment or was it like a slower transition? Was it a ripping a bandaid off situation? No, I wish, I wish I could say it was a rip the bandaid off situation, but I have by my side here, poster boards of this exact problem solution outcome that I have done for two years. And I couldn't understand it. And it's still a little hard for me. It was slow. And it was the market research was done. I redid it again. It was the actual handholding on content calls in dietitian boss of like, really niching into what I'm talking to Jessica about. And then on our on our nightly calls where we could do our um, our work time of here, this is how we're going to build these tiles. This is how we're going to, why don't we say it this way instead of saying it this way. And then taking the content that's working, learning how to use the analytics to regenerate it again in just a little bit different way. I wouldn't have done that without the help of Dietitian Boss. Like that part was pivotal and it was slow. And I imagine I was actually a C student on that part of this because it was very difficult for me. Hold on. Not a C student. You're an A student. Let's for context. When you say slow, you've been able to transition pretty fast. So slow meaning like two months. Yes. Yes. But, but I already admitted I'm an Enneagram three. So I'm fire aim ready. I'm like, let's go. And I think it's important to have this conversation. I get it. And I, I hear you, but for those who don't know you like to, to hone in on your message and have your marketing pay off more in two months or three, however, you know, you want to spin it. That's pretty good. So uh, we have listeners who never hone in or who take a long time Um, So I understand your perspective of saying slow. And uh, I think you're on a great trajectory. You're not a C student. You're an A student. You've done incredible (laughs) work. 
Uh, you're a great storyteller. You've done personal work. You're role modeling. You have a clear purpose and direction. And people are telling you, whether they pay you or not, or a combination, that they feel you're speaking to them and that you're a resource for them in this important journey in their life in their 40s. And that's really special. Um, mm-hmm. So whether it took three months or two months, or even for some folks, it might take a year. Um, it's incredible that you're in a space now where you're able to make a greater impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, anything with showing your face um, that has changed with the, the way that you show your face or the things you say outside of just the actual posts and, and words that you're using? Well, with show your face, I love that. And um I know it, it looks easy, but show your face is kind of a cool thing. I don't know, know if you've thought about this, but it makes me show up to the day as well. And it's kind of like a little check-in with everybody. And what I like about it is the people that are listening, a lot of times, you know, you get a theme of what people are struggling with on a given day. Like it's like everybody all of a sudden is struggling with the same topic. So then when I can show up on show your face and do that every day, again, I feel like it's just building a relationship with my community. I look at like the tiles that I'm doing as um, that's what's growing the audience of the lookers. But I feel like, I kind of see like my stories are sort of like me and the girls hanging out. And every day it's just sort of dropping a little bit of a nugget on them. Like, hey, come on, keep going, keep going, keep going. Because they need the encouragement and the accountability anyway. But the cool thing is it also holds me accountable in the flip side. Because again, like I said before, I want to be authentic. So I don't want to be suddenly not living the lifestyle that I'm telling and teaching them about. And so it's kind of a two-way thing. They're getting better because I'm showing up, but it's holding me accountable so I continue to get better. Yeah, that's great. I love that. The power of showing your face is incredible. And I love what you're adding as far as uh, helping you show up as the best version of yourself, as well as your brand positioning as relating with your audience. And then you giving them encouragement as you find common themes with your clear marketing efforts. So super powerful stuff. Thank you for sharing that. And for the listeners who shows up, Every day, I would say you show your face all the time. You do it day and night, right? You're always showing your face. And I, 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 am I wrong? I mean, you're always out there. I love it. Well, thank you. Um, I, I definitely try to at least five or six times a week. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So maybe you take Sunday off. <laughs> That's yeah. fair. But uh, what, what I'm trying to say is that you, you do it regularly. And so oftentimes on this podcast, we talk about the, the baby steps of showing your face and how, uh, how it's important and how it's challenging. And I love in your advanced position and your, your stance on showing your face is more advanced in the sense that you're doing it and you're finding those deeper, more meaningful benefits from it, both for you and accountability and for your audience. So that's great. And I have something to add to that. This sure. is my brain for this. Whenever my girlfriends send me the Christmas card pictures or when they're posting on Facebook, you have to believe I want to see their kids and their dog and their couch and all the stuff and their decorations. But I want to see my buddy. I want to see her, the person I went to high school with that I went to college with. I'm looking for her. I'm not looking to see how big she is, how little she is, what color her shirt is. I just want to see my friend's face. And I feel like if you can realize that's, that's all they want. They just want to see their buddy show up every day. They're looking, how are you today? That is such a beautiful frame. It takes off so much pressure. That is so well said. Absolutely love that. Um, thank you. Thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that. So we've talked about your, your, um, 
you helping women in, in their 40s? Is there anything else you want to add to that? I mean, you, you've talked about honing in on your ideal client. I think that's been pretty clear. Unless there's anything else you want to you want to um, add to that, can you ch- uh, chat a little bit about the progression of your offer, increasing prices, or any other breakthroughs that you've been able to make in your business? And share any tips to the listeners who are inspired and, and might not think it's possible to increase their prices or uh, do anything different from their offer, let alone get started. Well, okay. It's always a good time to start. So if you're listening to this podcast, clearly you've got a dream on your heart. You've just got to push play on this. And I know that there are influencers and people out there that are impacting hundreds of thousands of lives. And you might be thinking, I have to start, but there's a reason you have to start. Somebody's waiting on you. Even if it's just one person, like that whole starfish thing. You know, if you throw one starfish back in the ocean, you change that starfish's life. Like you just got this. We all had a starting day. And raising prices wasn't necessarily comfortable, but people are willing to pay them. And yes, it's happening. The more money they're paying, the more they're putting into the program and the more seriously they're taking it. Because I gave same said program away for free and people fell off. And it's just as valuable and you're paying for it. Um, does that answer your question? Is that like- Absolutely. So what I love what you're saying that you gave it away for free and perhaps people weren't as serious. So if, if I were, and, I, and thank you for sharing that from the client end, from your end, the business owner, the nutritionist, what have been some of the hardest parts about increasing your price? Has it been the sales conversations some of the mindset. Can you share any of that process or even just hints of that process with us? Okay. So yes, in the mindset, I needed the confirmation that I um, was worth it. And then once you guys were like, yes, mm -hmm," I was like, okay. But then the sales calls had to get good because I couldn't just stand on my personality alone. And that's uncomfortable. Like I'm, I'm writing and practicing and going back and being really deliberate about these. And I said earlier that I don't infer well. So in learning the sales process, I was trying to figure out where's the cog in my wheel and it's getting people onto the sales call. So once I identified, okay, first problem is I need to get more people onto a sales call. But once I get them on a sales call, my conversion is pretty good. Well, then I raised my prices and now I'm like, okay, so get them onto a sales call because my content got better. Now I have to get better. And that was like a look in the mirror thing. Like, okay, you got to sharpen up their cookie and do the work and be willing to be uncomfortable to get better at something knowing like in my case, I had y'all to help me get better at it. And I needed that help. That part of your business that you help us with the sales calls has been transformative for me. Then the other part to that though, in raising your prices is the journey of the customer. So there was part of, I got them started. I got them results. They don't want to be done with me, but my program's over. What am I going to do next? So then the cool thing that happened is I have a goal of what I want to make every month. And now that goal is starting to be achieved, not just because I have new people getting onto sales calls and sales calls converting at a higher price, but because I have people already who know, like, and trust and love me who are paying me going into the next level or renewing at the next level. So I couldn't see this before I started with you, Libby. Now I'm like, ha ha, I have kind of a constant thing happening here now. So that was, that was kind of like an evolution of the sales call, but or the sales process in raising my prices, but it all started with, 
I needed a little bit of confirmation that yes, you have what it takes, get going. Because I think we all could have like a little bit of imposter syndrome or feeling like we're not worth it. They're better than me. Surely, and nobody's ever done it. Like we've done it, like you've done it. Like we all have our own special spin that we put on things that is just right for the person that needs to work with us. And sometimes we just need somebody to push us out of the nest a little bit, just to go be a little bit more uncomfortable, but know you'll survive. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's really inspiring. And I really appreciate you lending your story to us. One more clarifying question. Uh, when it comes to the sales call specifically outside of the sales process, because you articulated that very well, what would you say is the top one or two things that you focused on that's been able to help you? Um, whether it's you know focusing on objections or refl- it could be as simple as just reflecting. What do you what part of the the sales conversation that you focused on do you think has been the most helpful? Okay, so right away I went to um, all of it. I went through every single level, but I started to. I always thought I was a pretty good digger. Like I got them talking. <laughs> One of the things that I love that you've taught me is how to personalize it throughout the whole sales call. And admittedly, I'm getting better at this. This is going to be something I'm getting better at. Um, but when when I met you. I felt like, man, you knew me on that sales call. And like, it was totally catered to me and it was. And then you've taught me because you're so good at it, how I can duplicate that within my business. So what I love is that you showed me if we tee up the digging better and then you use the words in the beginning of the conversation throughout, and then you've taught me how to anticipate some of the ejections they might have and how to navigate them earlier into the conversation. It's setting up for a stronger structured call rather than an hour and a half of just, we'll see what happens. So I appreciate that tremendously. I appreciate the modeling part because what you've done to build your business has worked. And what you've done is you put me in a place of people who are in the same type of business. We all speak the same-ish language and we get along so beautifully, even though we're all with different philosophies, but we're, we're able to build under a structure that you have that is niched into nutrition. And it's awesome. I appreciate that. And I, what I love about you, in addition to your vivacious personality is that you put in the work. Um, so this whole conversation is a reflection of you doing the work, watching the content, you show up to the calls. And so that can't go without being said. Uh, and I know you're the achiever, right? I, yeah. I and that's part of your personality. Um, but I, I just want to give you credit because you've really thought it through. And reflection can be challenging for a lot of people. So take a moment and think through, what about that sales conversation do I need to focus on? How can I, you know, provide better coaching? How can I provide a better experience? How can I think through my customer progression in the lifespan of them being with me and me helping them reach their 10, 20, 30, et cetera, pound weight loss? And the fact that you've really put your headspace in the position where you, you know that those aspects are important to the growth of your business and your customer, um, I think that's really great. That speaks volumes to you. So I think that's fantastic. For all of you listening, uh, I know it sounds simple and you're going to say, duh, but I think often we forget that uh, success is putting in the work and Suze, you've done it. You've done the hard part about thinking through. And I see that from call to call. You take an idea or a concept, you think it through, you bring back a part of it and you're iterating on your sales conversation process and it is getting better, um, but it's because you're thinking about it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. And I think those are really great feedback bits that you've given. Um, I, just one follow-up question on that um, before we soon wrap. Do you enjoy that process? Is that something you're scared of? Or how do you, when you have a sales call or sales conversation, because a lot of people are scared, do you show up with confidence or with more confidence? Or t- talk a little bit about your mindset on those calls now. Oh, isn't that an interesting one? Okay, so because I follow the dietitian boss method, I know that they want to have a conversation with me by the time that we get onto a sales call. So I, I tend to, even if I am feeling uncomfortable or nervous about getting started, I tend to go to that first, like, but they want to talk to me. And then honestly, I try to remember that I'm trying to make a new friend out of this whole conversation, period. So that like, I, I set that up in my own head first. And yes, I do feel uncomfortable. I do feel nervous. But then I, I also will remind myself, I am trying to change their life. I am trying to get them into my world so that they feel the same relief that I feel. And I'm not going to get them that relief unless I go through this little part of this journey with them. Because unless I'm willing to show up and be uncomfortable for a few minutes and present this in a way so that they want to get involved with me so that I can change their life, it's never going to happen. And the I think right there could be the little bit of the rub is you don't feel like you're sure you can change their life. And that's the work that you have to really do to know that, yes, my program is solid and I am here and I'm reliable and I can take them on the journey. Beautiful. That is so well said. I I love that you went full circle with that and that that confidence and and that self-talk, right? And and just constantly knowing that you are an expert and that you're there as a resource for them and that they trust you. Mm -hmm. So on that note, this has been such an incredible conversation to chat with you, Suze, about your progression. I know the listeners are going to feel inspired. Is there any, anything final um, that you want to leave with the listeners as we wrap up any kind of final thoughts? Well, I would just say if you're a listener and you're not already paying pretty close to dietitian boss and you're listening to this thinking, sounds really, really great. Pay attention to dietitian boss, start, have a conversation, get involved, because I believe that there comes a point where we can only do so much on our own. And if you're wanting to build a business where you coach people, it kind of makes sense that you're going to be in a position where you're going to be coached as well to continue to get better. Love that. Thank you, Suze. Appreciate that. Those are great wisdom. And if you could just remind people what your handle is on social so they can follow you and let you know that you inspired them. Sure. So I am weightloss.over.40 on Instagram. Awesome. Uh, all right, listeners, make sure to get, show Suze some love. And um, thank you for your time. This was an awesome conversation. And I look yes. forward to seeing you in the group. Thanks, Libby. If you're looking to start and grow your business, we have two opportunities. Our society program to help you land your first clients and really get a system up and running, develop your message, create content, get your offer up and going and enroll in your offer. And then for our high-level executive program, for those of you who already are working with clients and do not have an issue with attracting clients, Uh, Me and my team will be able to help you get systems in place so that you can work less hours and make more money and truly scale your business. So whether you're looking to get started 
or you're looking to rev up your business, Dietitian Boss has opportunities for you. Please apply to our services found on my website at LibbyRothschild.com, where you can find in the show notes a link to apply.